You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 560 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live from the Minneapolis airport. It is 5.23 a.m. local time on Tuesday morning, so a bit of an interesting recording setup, but I looked around, thought to myself, I'm early for my flights, and I'm sort of delayed, so one of those things where let's just do a podcast. And I was planning to record this a little bit later in the day, but I already have my notes done, and uh, here we are, talking about the Atlanta Hawks for a few minutes on this fine Tuesday. So, um, first things first, uh, the I guess the big breaking news on Monday was the uh, contract for Deontay Davis. The Hawks announced a multi-year deal, quote-unquote, for Deontay Davis. Um, his 10-day expired after Sunday's game, so no big surprise. They had to sign him to some sort of contract in order for him to play in the game on Wednesday against Indiana. I guess the only uh, uncertainty stemmed from what kind of deal it was going to be, whether it be just a rest-of-season deal for a couple of days or whether it be this kind of multi-year contract set up. I am told, or at least my understanding is, this is not going to be a super like, guaranteed deal from Deontay Davis. So uh, I guess the, the angle here is to get him under contract for Summer League, have him around for the summer, have him around for practice, all that fun stuff. And uh, multi-year is definitely uh, almost sort of a name only. You know, I, I'm sure there is some sort of guarantee that he is uh, being awarded here for um, some money going into the next year. But at the same time, uh, this is not really an indication that he'll be on the roster for sure for the 2019-20 season. So just keep that in mind. The focus of this, in my, from what I can uh, glean and what I've been told, is to have him around for summer league. So Davis will be around. He'll be on the team for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the season, which is of course now now two full days, um, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then exit interviews and all that stuff after that. But we'll see him around in June and July. And uh, Davis, you know, is still someone that I I would personally say is probably on the outside looking in for a full roster spot, just because of the fact that the Hawks are going to have a nice influx of talent over the summer between all their draft picks and anyone that they sign in for agency. But Davis does have pedigree. He has talent. Um, not someone whose game I absolutely love right now. I think he's had some interesting weaknesses when he's played for the Hawks to this point, but still a big, physical, strong, athletic guy who has some talent and the Hawks would have obviously have some reason to keep a close eye on him in the future. So really no, no downside here whatsoever that they add a piece for the future. And uh, that's just one of those things to keep an eye on for um, the coming days. So with that in mind, I'm gonna, the rest of the, what's the podcast going to be mailbag related? I have a couple of questions that I wanted to tackle. It'll probably be a little bit shorter show than normal, but I wanted to at least get on a couple of these questions that we got. So uh, this is sort of a natural transition to the first question, which comes from Samuel. And he asks, I know Summer League isn't for a few months, but if you could choose, which players would you want the Hawks to have playing in Summer League that are currently on the roster? I heard the ATL on 29 guys discuss this, and I wanted to get your take on it. So first of all, shouts to ATL on 29 and the host, Kevin Chenard. It's, it's the official Peachtree Hoops podcast, so please check that out. He and Tyler Jones did a great show together this week about this about this, this topic and much more, so please check that out as well. Uh, but to the question itself, here, just I guess the, uh, the names that are in play here, we'll start at the top with Troy Young. For me, he is an absolute no on Summer League. Uh, I was on record last summer and saying Collins shouldn't be playing, um, and Young has done a lot more at this point than Collins had at this point a year ago. You know, Troy Young's either going to play 80 or 81 games of full-time starting-level uh, basketball. He has proven beyond a shadow of a doubt what he, what he needs to prove in, in order to uh, sort of avoid Summer League. I know when uh, Kevin and Tyler were talking about this a little bit, I guess there is some value 
to having Young around the team over the summer, like having him do workouts, having him play with some of the young guys, especially if you get a draftee in the top, you know, five, six, seven picks or two, I guess, if you get Dallas pick on that, all that stuff as well. There's some value to having Trey around those guys, but for me, putting him on the floor in summer league does not have any upside whatsoever. So I would be fully against that idea. I think that's probably it's probably what's going to happen from what I understand. You know, not a lock at this point in time, but I'd be pretty surprised if Trey ended up playing summer league just because he's kind of overqualified at this point in time. He's not need to go go out and do that. And I'm generally pretty conservative when it comes to keeping guys away from summer league and playing. Um, the next next guy on the agenda would be Kevin Herter. I'm going to say, um, you know, if it was me, I'd probably not have him play. It's, I think he's probably closer to where Collins was a year ago. Herter did not play summer league after, his, um, after he was drafted because, because of the injury. So that's something to keep in mind as well is that he was not um, in play. He was with the team last summer in Utah and, and, and in Las Vegas but was not playing. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, I think if you were going to play him in summer league, it'd be a situation where you keep him on, on a quick trigger. Um, you know, Collins played a few games probably more than I would want him to play last summer. If you had Herter playing, I think a game or two would be plenty for Kevin Herter to play. Um, just have him well, have him do the practices and have him take him, you know, go, go to Las Vegas, play, play a game or two, and that'd be plenty. If you were going to do that, also having the ball in his hands would be a good idea. Just having him uh, sort of being a primary initiator, seeing more of that would be a good um, example of what, what to do with having a player like Herter in Summer League. But if the Hawks did not take him to Las Vegas, I would not be upset at all. I think he's probably overqualified as well, given that he started for, you know, half a season at the NBA level. That's plenty, uh, and really, summer league's not in that situation where he's going to be able to grow too, too much, given all the time that he has spent on the floor at the NBA level. Um, a couple of guys who were absolute locks to be there, in my opinion, and that, and that absolutely should be, are Amari Spellman, Joan Adams, and Deontay Davis. Uh, Spellman had actually probably a better career, a better uh, season than I would have expected in his rookie year, but it was obviously cut short by the injury, and uh, he's someone who's be, who would be a prime um, summer league target. He'd probably be, be the best player on the team, at least returning. Of course, the Hawks are going to have a couple of draft picks as well, but Spellman should be there, and that'll be the first time that we see him in a long time, considering the injury that sort of ruled him out for the rest of the season. Jalen Adams uh, is on the two-way right now that was converted to the full contract. He'll be on, he's on the multi-year deal as well. You know, keep an eye on him. I think you know, I have, there's another question about Adams in a second, so we'll leave that for now. But he's an obvious summer league candidate. And then Davis, which we talked about a second ago. Elsewhere, um, Isaac Humphreys could be there. Um, right now, the Hawks do not have him signed, to my knowledge, through the summer. But um, given that he was he was an Erie all year and then now brought up with the Hawks over the last couple of weeks, it would not be a surprise if he was there. Not someone I, that I'm terribly interested in as a long-term prospect, but I think he's someone that will probably be there, and that makes sense. And then Alpha Cava was somebody that I always wrote down as a name. People ask me about him every, every once in a while, the former late second-round pick of the previous administration, I guess not the previous administration, um, but Cava is someone who, yeah, I mean, I would guess still that he's never a part of the, of the Atlanta Hawks as a big-picture franchise, but you know, not, not impossible, and uh, I'm sure he'll be around if he wants to be. I admittedly do not know the specifics behind the relationship at this moment, but would not be a surprise if he was there. And then lastly, all the draft picks, um, barring injury, will be in Las Vegas. Um, that makes, that makes obvious, obvious sense. The Hawks currently have at least four picks. Um, they had their own pick, and then three three second-rounders that are all in the top half of the second round projected at this moment, so they could have as many as five picks in the top 45. That's a lot of talent. Um, I'd be surprised if they, made it, if they made all five picks. We'll talk about that more as we get closer. But uh, all those guys, whoever the Hawks draft um, and actually end up keeping, will be in summer league. I'd be pretty surprised otherwise. 
So uh, we'll come back with two more questions in a moment. I do want to take a second to remind you guys to subscribe to this podcast, whether it be on the Himalaya app, which is a brand new app. Check that out. Um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, all those places. We'll be back again in just one second to uh, talk about the rest of the stuff on this mailback episode. All right, we're back to talk about um, a couple more topics here. First things first comes from uh, Terry, this question. Should the Hawks pursue a backup point guard over the summer, or does Jalen Adams have the inside track at that job for next season? Um, first of all, I want to talk about Adams just a little bit on his own. Um, to this point, at this moment, he's played 419 minutes in the NBA. He has a 48% true shooting. That's pretty disappointing for someone of, of his profile. He's a shooter first more than uh, anything else. He's a shot creator. At the NBA level, he's just not been very efficient so far. It's, it's definitely a small sample size, but even in the G League, Adam shot 39% from the floor and 34% from three in a larger sample there at the G, at the G League level. So I'm not burying him at all for that because I think, uh, you know, of all these skills that he has, um, going back to St. Bonaventure, uh, I think shot creation is probably the best of them. But he has to be, he pretty much has to make shots in order to function as a full-time NBA player because of his profile. He's pretty small. Uh, defensively, he's actually been pretty encouraging the last couple of weeks in the way he's competed and fought and uh, played with more force than you might imagine defensively. But it's never going to be a full a full on strength of his, in my opinion. So, pretty low ceiling player in that way. So, just keeping that in mind, he's got to, to make shots, and that's sort of an open question as to whether he'll make enough of them to stick around. But I'm okay with the Hawks giving him a chance at a roster spot next year if he plays well over the summer. I do kind of like Jalen Adams. I always have. I even said that after the Hawks signed him over the summer, <clears throat> and uh, I liked him before the draft a little bit as sort of a late second round kind of guy. But um, I, I, do, I do not think that the Hawks can go into, go into the season with him as the projected backup point guard, like the number two guy on the depth chart. That's definitely too much for me. I'm on record as saying that the Hawks shouldn't be rushing the rebuild, but I do think that they probably need to have a better option, a better option behind Trey Young. Obviously, Trey is the primary guy who's been playing a lot of minutes. But you know, ideally, you'd have a backup point guard that could play with Young in a um, in various alignments if they wanted to do that. Someone who's a little bit bigger, more of a defensive type that could be a force base who doesn't necessarily need the ball. That's not Adams. Uh, Adams and Young is not going to work really at all together. So um, just one of those things. It'd be interesting to debate whether they want to sign a veteran or use a second-round pick potentially on a point guard. I uh, sort of profited um, Ty Jerome from Virginia as an option. I think he's sort of a late first, early second kind of guy who isn't a pure point guard prospect, but someone who could be playing point guard at the NBA level, 6'5 or so, pretty slow. Um, he's definitely not an athlete necessarily, but a, a skill guy, a uh, you know sort of that positional defender, great floor spacer kind of guy. I'm not, I'm, that's just one option, of course, in the second round. But if you're talking about drafting a guy, it would be uh, sort of the best way to do that if you're trying to win next year, which isn't necessarily the number one priority, in my opinion, just more of a re- rebuilding kind of season again next year. But if they wanted to win, um, if, if you wanted to use a draft pick, it would probably need to be someone who's a little bit safer. You don't want to have a project backup point guard when you have Trey Young already. That doesn't make a lot of sense in a lot of ways. So it's either going to be a draft guy in the second round. Obviously, you would, you would not want to use a, a top 10 pick, which is the other pick that they have. So you have those couple of second round picks to potentially add someone, or they can go with the veteran route, which is probably the route that I would go. I'm not going to, we'll definitely dive into some names as we, as we get closer to this on the free agent market. But um, someone besides Jalen Adams would be um, my, my recommendation. And that's not a shot of Jalen Adams at all. I, I think if you asked me a year ago, I'd be even lower on this but potential, and Adams has been okay. But I think the Hawks do need to have a backup point guard. And I, I would be pretty surprised if they entered, if they entered that season with Adams as the primary backup, even out of training camp. So um, last question that we'll get to here. Uh, and this is sort of a more tongue-in-cheek question than anything else. Um, this comes from Adam. Why haven't you taken the full Justin Anderson victory lap on the podcast? I've been waiting for it. 
Um, that's been, that's pretty funny. And by the way, just, just understand who was in the building in Minneapolis. I am the reason I'm here because I was covering the final four and I saw him across the venue last night Did not talk to Justin, but, uh, we talked plenty in the past, but he was in the building to uh, watch his Virginia Cavaliers to cut down the nets. So that was a lot of fun for him. I'm sure that was a fun game as well, by the way. I'm not, I know this is an NBA podcast, but, and for the most part, a lot of people were skeptical of that game itself, but I enjoyed covering it and it was actually pretty memorable and uh, pretty competitive. So hopefully you guys caught that one if you uh, like basketball, but all that to say, I think I have taken some victory lap with Justin Anderson, at least even if it was just more of an unserious thing in some ways. Uh, you know, Anderson's someone who I've enjoyed all season long. I've been keeping for him all year long. I've been asking for him to play more. I kind of don't understand why he wasn't in the rotation the entire season, or at least most of the season. And uh, for the last nine games, he's been shooting the ball very well. That's definitely sort of unsustainable. He's been shooting 48% from three since he rejoined the rotation down the stretch here. That's not sustainable for him at all. He's definitely a not a great shooter. That's his, that's his biggest weakness, frankly. But he's been shooting the ball with confidence. And if, if he's going to shoot like that, then he would certainly be useful on a number of NBA teams. I do feel vindicated to some extent because I absolutely love him. But kind of weirdly, I'm not sure his defense has been as good as I thought it was going to be recently. You know, part of that's just because, you know, it's April and March and defense kind of goes out the window across the league, especially on a, on a team that's not really competing for much. But um, the team the team defense has been bad, obviously, up and down the roster. Anderson's still better than most, but he's not been quite as good defensively as I would have envisioned down the stretch here. No shots, to be honest. Um, but I do, I do think that he has a path to be a rotation player in the NBA. I think it probably isn't going to happen in Atlanta because his qualifying offer is probably too much money for the Hawks to even offer. It wouldn't blow me away if they offered it to him, but if they do, I think he should probably take it. It's like $3 million or so. That's a lot of money for what he's been able to do. So I, I'm thinking I still would sort of assume the Hawks do not offer him a qualifying offer, and if they do, I'm sure. He'll I mean, I'm not sure he'll take it, but he probably should, probably should take it right away if, they were, if, if, he, would, if, if he was to be offered that kind of contract. So all that to say... I think Anderson would help his former team in Philly. That's something that Tyler Jones profited, I believe, on the last 18129 podcast. Of that, um, of all the teams that could use some help on the wing, he would be that would be one of them. And Philly, of course, traded him in the deal to acquire Mike Muscala as part of that uh, elaborate deal that sent Dennis Schroeder to Oklahoma City. And I still like, I still believe Mike Muscala, who's had a, a really really rough season in a lot of ways. But uh, you know, if they had to do it in, in retrospect, I'm sure that Philly would like to have another wing body in Anderson that can defend and you know kind of just play a role in the way that they probably need someone. But all that, all that to say, I really do enjoy Anderson. Uh, I think some of it's just a little bit of a bit at this point in time that I've, been, I've leaned harder into it than some would have. But uh, there's a reason I was caping for him early in the year before the season even started. And I do like his game. I always have, even dating back to Virginia. So I think, I think there's still a player in there that could be a useful rotation piece in the NBA. And you've sort of seen some of that down the stretch of the season. He's someone who, who competes. He's a great teammate. Everyone loves him. Plays good defense. Plays with physicality. And uh, we'll talk more about him at the end of the year because I do have a, a series, at least a mini-series of podcasts lined up with Jeff Siegel, hopefully, uh, to talk about these uh, all, all the players on the roster, a little bit more of a deep dive, analytical bend kind of podcast with some, uh, diff I guess, some season review kind of stuff coming. So please stay tuned for all of that. Um, that's probably going to do it for today's podcast, just to be a little bit shorter. I'm still in the airport, so it's just one of those things. I apologize for all the weird sound, sound stuff that I'm sure happens in the airport, but uh, we'll come back. The next podcast is going to be after the game on Wednesday, probably from the arena. I'll be in the arena regardless, but uh, depending on the logistics there, I'll even I'll either be recording from the arena or from my home Wednesday night after the final game of the 2018-2019 season. We'll see if the Hawks get to 30 wins. They have 29 right now, and uh, the Pacers will be coming in with, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they have anything to play for. So keep, keep a lock to uh, peacetroops.com and to my Twitter feeds for updates on that. There's a chance India has nothing to play for, and if, they, if that happens, then they could pull the dogs off 
I'm not sure what's going to be happening with, with Trey Young and John Collins as well as, as what I'm recording this right now. No injury report just yet for Wednesday's game. Uh, it would not blow me away if they rested Collins again, considering he's actually battling a legitimate ankle thing. Uh, Young, I would expect to play, but I'm not 100% sure on that either. So keep it locked, and uh, we'll come back with more information. Please subscribe to this podcast. Please do that for me if you are a listener to the pod. It'd be huge. Leave some positive feedback as well with five stars and comments. I really appreciate that, and uh, we'll see everybody on Wednesday night.